0: It is good to be gathered with you today, and I am thankful for the opportunity to be in worship with you. This morning we read a passage from Exodus, chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. It is the call of Moses. Moses is called by God by a burning bush, a story that if you have been uh, Christian all of your life, if you grew up in Sunday school, you probably don't remember the first time you've heard this story. Most of the time, as I said with the kids, if you see a burning bush these days, you should call the fire department. That's the only real joke I have today as it relates to bushes and burning ones, but, but even if you haven't seen God speak through a burning bush, I hope, I suspect and I hope that you have seen God speak to you, reach out to you, reveal himself to you in some powerful, significant, amazing way. And so in that way, I I hope you find kinship with this story. I think this is one that we absorb and and embody in, in faithfulness because we emulate Moses by being called by God. In a way that is difficult to ignore or deny. God has called us. God will again call us. And so reading this story reminds us some about how all that works. Consider that. Consider how God might be calling you or how God has certainly, most certainly called you before. As we read from Exodus chapter 3. Verses 1 through 15. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father in law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing yet it was not consumed. And then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer, remove the sandals from your feet, For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. And then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Evites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be a sign for you, that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this Mountain. But Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you. And they ask me, well, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're still very early in the Exodus story, so... Let's recap what happens. In chapter 1, Exodus gets a, 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 Egypt gets a new pharaoh, and this pharaoh does not know the Israelites. He doesn't know Joseph. He doesn't know the whole story. And given that the Israelites had been building bricks for the Egyptians for quite a long time, the Israelites were a strong, resilient people. And so Pharaoh felt threatened. Pharaoh sought to further oppress to prevent the Israelites from growing and prospering. And he did not want the Israelites to overrun the Egyptians. In chapter 2, then, Moses is born and his mother goes through all kinds of tricks and hoops to prevent Moses from being murdered like all of the rest of the babies were. And ultimately, Moses is raised up in the court of Pharaoh, and his, mom, his own mother is his primary caregiver. It's an amazing story about how God provides a way, even when we don't see one. But at the end of chapter 2, Moses makes a mistake. He kills an Egyptian, and he runs. He runs to Midian, and when he gets to this place called Midian, he... Begins to serve the priest of Midian. He marries one of the priest's seven daughters in Midian. And Moses, for the most part, has decided, we think, I'm good here. I'll tend sheep. I'll stay out in Midian. I'll wander the wilderness, keep to myself, and this will make for a nice, good, simple life. Everything was going fine for Moses until he wandered up to that mountain, Horeb, the mountain of God. And so though he thought he was settled, though he thought he was comfortable, though he thought he was plenty cared for, living out his life tending sheep, when he got there, God had something else for him. Because God always has something for us, maybe especially when we think we are settled. He sees this bush as he's up there on the mountain. He sees the bush and says, I need to go look at this. I need to see what's going on here. And that's when the Lord speaks to him. The Lord speaks out of the bush And the Lord reminds Moses how much he cares for the people who were left back in Egypt. And that they needed to escape the wrath of Pharaoh too, just like he did. And so Moses, you are going to be the one that goes to Pharaoh to bring my people out of Egypt. Moses hears this call and he is overwhelmed. I thought it was great that... uh, Amelia noticed Moses was afraid when he was called by God. He tried to squirm out of it. He repeatedly tries to squirm out of his call. But ultimately, he agrees to do what it is that God's asked him to do. He agrees to act. And the rest of the story of the Exodus, the rest of this book, is story after story after story about how God calls his people to do something that seems pretty incredible. But by stepping out and following the way that they're supposed to, God delivers these people from being slaves in Egypt to having a land of their own. They reach the promised land by continually and repeatedly following God's call. Now, I hope you resonate with this story in some way. I hope you can think back in your life to a time where you were called by God. Maybe you were afraid of the call that it is that God was offering you. But you did respond. You experienced something that you hadn't known before. And so you couldn't help it. I think in that way, our lives are a lot like Moses. I think that's why this story resonates so much. God's call comes in many, many different ways. Most of the time, not through a burning bush. But God will use whatever it takes to get our attention sometimes. And God will use ways that we cannot help but see in order to... Reach into us and tell us, you must respond. You've got to do something. I'm calling you to go. That is how God works. And so whether the call is a, a grand one, like a burning bush, or a series of small circumstances that combine to evoke a response, to lead us somewhere, we never imagined that we would go. I think we cannot deny that God speaks to us. God reaches to us in unimaginable ways. And our response to these calls provide a way towards an amazing life, a life more amazing than we could ever imagine alone for ourselves. But we can't resist. We, we can't deny. We must follow. We must act. We must keep ourselves open to possibilities and the possibilities that God might use an unusual way to speak in order to call us to work. It was a burning bush for Moses. It'll be something else for us. But what was undeniable in this passage is God was speaking and Moses was led to respond. Now as I've lived my life in the last week. It's been impossible to ignore everything that has happened around Hurricane Harvey. And I can't help but think about the response that people have made. People saw something, and they needed to react. I'm not a cable news watcher. Most of my news comes from the radio when we're in the car, or WRAL at night, but my feeds, my social media feeds, have been full of stories of people who acted to help others. There are stories of churches, stories of rescue teams, stories of individuals. and All of these stories have overridden the, the tension that the, the broader culture has had in it for many, many, many months. I've lost track of the number of stories I have heard about people getting their boats together and shoving them into the water to go help others who are trapped in their homes. It can't be tallied all of the things that have been done to help an enormous city full of people who have great needs. Full of people whose lives will forever be changed because of a tremendous storm. And right now, isn't it amazing that we can turn on the news and it doesn't lead with political divisiveness? Isn't it fantastic that we're not bombarded with tragic stories all the time? And isn't it ironic that it wasn't in a burning bush, but in looking at overwhelming amounts of water that so many people saw, I have a way I can help. God is calling me, so I must go. A woman from a story on the radio just is stuck in the back of my head. She had a, a big Jeep. You can picture it. And they had an inflatable kayak. You can picture that. And she said, We couldn't just leave our Jeep in the garage and our kayak on the shelf while there were people who needed help. And so we went. We like to paddle. We like to explore. So we went to help. I think that's what the call of God sometimes is. That's what Exodus 3 is about. God shows up in a surprising way that we can't help but, but respond to. And so we do. Now, the story that hasn't been told in the last week is the story of all those who had kayaks that they left them on the shelf or jeeps that they left parked in the garage. I don't know how many of those stories there are. I don't know the story of the times when we felt inadequate and we had excuses and we were afraid to follow God's call. We let our fears and apprehensions overwhelm us. Moses says, I'm not a good speaker. Don't make me talk to these people later on. In, in, in so many of the call stories in Scripture, we see the roadblocks. But Lord, I don't want to go there. But Lord, it's hard if I do that. But God, I'm not sure if I can. And so maybe the most important thing to remember about God issuing a call to you is this. God, rarely calls you to do something you already can do. God probably wouldn't call you to something that you can't do. God is probably going to call you to something that you can best do with God's help. And isn't that the key right there? God doesn't call us to something we can't do. God doesn't call us to something that we can easily we should already be doing that, most of the time when we consider God's call, it's a call to do something we can only do with God's help. God has prepared us to a point, and what is left is to trust that in stepping out, our gifts, our preparedness, the ways that God is leading us, are going to connect us to the deep needs of the world that is around us. That is what happened to Moses. Someone who had already been taken out of Egypt or had already escaped from Egypt is sent back to help others do exactly what it was he had done. It reminds me of a quote from the American writer and theologian Frederick Buechner. He's an ordained minister. has written countless books, but there's one sentence of his that connects today. The place God calls you is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. I'm going to say it again. The place where God calls you is a place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meets. This is why Moses gets sent back, I suppose, to the land of his birth. Moses had escaped it, but it wasn't just him who needed freedom. It was all the Israelites. And so he saw the joy of freedom from Pharaoh. And it was time to help others experience that as well. He had something others needed. So with God's help, he responded to God's call. And it made all the difference in the world. And when we allow ourselves to pause for a second and think about what if Moses hadn't responded? Well, the people might not have gotten out of Egypt, and Moses probably would have been miserable, living a life of unmet potential, following sheep around. And when you think about not responding to the call that God has for you, it may not be as simple as following sheep around. But are you really going to be satisfied if God has given you gifts and talents that you can't use? Are you really going to be satisfied if God has given you a call and a way to bless others that you leave on the garage shelf? As we consider calls to act. Yes, there's times when we'll be scared. Yes, there's times when we might be reluctant. But just as the call was true for Moses, that he had something that the people needed, so too the call is for you and for me. The call to action is one where we will go if we must. But God wants to use us all. God has given us gifts. God has prepared us to do amazing things. So when God calls us to act, God calls us to do something with him that only we can do to meet the world's biggest needs. This morning, Moses saw a burning bush that wasn't consumed. This afternoon, if you see a burning bush, call the fire department. But if you do see a burning bush, you better listen to see how God might be speaking to you. But don't just look for burning bushes. Look for the ways that God is reaching out to you. Because God's call is one that that needs every one of us to act. All of us have the opportunity to use our gifts to meet the needs of the world around us. And none of us will be fully satisfied until we choose to respond to God's call to action. So pay attention. Get yourself ready. Prepare to respond to God's call to act because the world needs it. And if that's not enough, you need it too. Don't leave your kayak on the shelf today. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the story of Moses. It is a story that has meant so many, meant so much to so many for so, so long. For, Lord, in it we see ourselves. We see the times when you are evoking action from us. We sense the times when you are calling us to something. We resonate with the times where he is reluctant to act. But, Lord, give us confidence also that there are many, many times when our gifts are perfectly paired to meet the needs of the world around us. And so, Lord, help us to respond. Help us to sense your call to action and help us to act well, following you faithfully. And, Lord, help us to see that we can only do what it is you're calling us to when we do it with you and that you promise to go with us. Lord, go with us. Lead us and speak to us now as we consider your call to act on this day. It is in your name that we pray today. Amen.